0: this week on the Iowa Watch Connection.
1: I don't know if it's necessarily changed. I definitely notice things more because he is in office, because I feel like I have to be more cautious.
0: Political debate these days is spirited. I understand that everybody has an opinion
1: and is entitled to that opinion, Um, but a lot of people, if they hear something they don't like, they automatically get mad.
0: But is all that discussion leading us anywhere good?
2: Yeah, much more intentional about promoting those ideas and connecting with others who share those ideas.
0: The Discourse on College Campuses and Beyond. Our topic this week.
3: The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. Online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein.
0: There's an old saying along the lines of, you should never discuss religion or politics with people you want to keep as friends. These days, it's probably safer to discuss religion, because our political fights of late have made us more fragmented and polarized as a society than at any time in memory. And with more outlets for spreading information directly than ever, both the volume and heat of the discourse has been turned way up. The executive director and editor of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, Lyle Muller, has our story.
1: Sashay Carroll.
2: S-A-S-H-A-Y.
4: It was lunchtime during a spring 2017 semester day at the University of Northern Iowa's Mocker Union, and student journalist LaSiga Barakor had caught up with Sashay Carroll. Carol is a student from Iowa City and studying social work at UNI. Barracore posed this question to her. Had political rhetoric on campus quieted down since the election of President Donald Trump?
1: I don't know if it's necessarily changed. I definitely notice things more because he is in office, because I feel like I have to be more cautious. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I have seen a change at all.
4: I will Watch asked that question on six college campuses in the state during the spring semester, and here's why. College campuses are to be these places where the free flow of speech and ideas makes for a better educational experience. And at this particular time in history, the semester was following a contentious presidential election that resulted in what now is a contentious presidency for many Here's Alexander Newkirk, also a University of Northern Iowa student from Des Moines and studying history.
5: can't necessarily name any specifics, but there's a general vibe, you know, and you definitely get a sense from people that things are a lot more heated now in a certain sense. Like, you know, you can't just mention politics offhandedly, because, you know, politics then naturally accompanies with it like a bunch of, I guess, Political ideologies about either Trump, either the pro-Trump or anti-Trump, and those debates can get heated more so than usual because um, if Trump does anything well, it's invite controversy.
4: Iowa Watch sent student journalists to the campuses to gauge the thoughts of students and faculty. They found what IowaWatch.org eventually reported as a clear departure from a perceived college life norm of apathy. To matters of politics and public policy. Passion about this president, from those ecstatic about him being in the White House as well as those who loathe the thought, exist. In fact, this interest in what Trump is doing as president seemingly has created more political awareness, the Spring Iowa Watch interview showed. Here's Adrian Pearson, for example. She's a media studies major at Loris College from Byron, Illinois.
2: I wouldn't necessarily say it's gotten better or worse, but it certainly has gotten much more active. Like, people weren't talking about politics or even policy before, whereas now, after Trump has been elected, people are voicing their opinions much more often, whether in support or against the president.
4: Naomi Clark, an assistant professor of English at Loris College, said she has seen more emphasis at the college since the election being given to welcoming immigrants or racial inclusion and engaging people.
2: Part of it might be, and this is just my impression, I think before the election many of the folks who are engaged in these kinds of things that I'm observing now maybe had a false sense of security, uh, a false sense that The majority of Americans shared their views on that, and I think um, maybe they're seeing that that wasn't as much the case as they thought, and so they're being much more intentional and much more, um, yeah, much more intentional about promoting those ideas and connecting with others who share those ideas.
4: But some discussions are more difficult than others. We go back to Sashay Carroll the University of Northern Iowa student at the start of this report. She is black and finds having a conversation about race with those who are white can be strained.
1: Okay, there is slight tension, maybe. Um, I feel like whenever I'm in an area alone, maybe with a couple of other Caucasians, they may like not want to like interact with me because of that, or maybe just because of like the whole race thing as a whole, not necessarily just Trump,
4: you know. For the record, Carol is not a Trump fan. At William Penn University in Oskaloosa, Nizreem Iskandrani, from Lawrence, Kansas, and studying political science, said discussions could get intense in a class that she took last spring.
1: In one of my classes, there's a student that has a very conservative-leaning opinion. And when Trump comes up in our conversations, he expresses his opinion, um, blurts it out, disrespects other people's opinions more so, and the t- teacher themselves. How do you feel about that? Um, it kind of makes me uncomfortable, to be honest. I mean, with all of the political stuff going on around right now,
4: Discussion at a small liberal arts school like William Penn is encouraged students like Aaron Clemens say. Clemens, a student from Birmingham, Iowa, and studying sociology and criminology, said he is politically conservative. The goal in class, he said, should be having respectful discussion. I understand that everybody has an opinion, and is entitled to that opinion.
1: um, But a lot of people, if they hear something they don't like, they automatically get mad and don't, the discussion goes from just a civil thing to an argument fast. And that's the big thing um, that I just try to avoid myself, you know, politically, is I don't want to talk and it turn into a fight because that's not, you know, discussion's great when both parties are being civil.
4: The journalists contributing to this report were Laziga Barakor at the University of Northern Iowa, Sammy Graff at Loras College, and Jeremy Esparza at William Penn University.
0: I'm Lyle Muller for the Iowa Watch Connection. Journalists working on this Iowa Watch College media project included several at Buena Vista University in Storm Lake. Chase Harrison from Buena Vista and its student-run KBVU radio station gives us a closer look at that Northwest Iowa college in this report. He was assisted by Kyle Webers.
5: 2016 ended with a clash of feelings in the wake of a tumultuous presidential campaign. Now, several months after the inauguration of President Donald Trump, we asked Buena Vista University students and teachers about how the rhetoric of that time has shaped our post-election world.
6: The overall trend is that it has calmed down.
5: Bobby Dearden is a 21-year-old senior political science major from Boone, Iowa, who believes that perception and location have an effect on how that rhetoric comes across.
6: Personally, I think it's more of where you are on campus as to how you see the political rhetoric. So... For example, in my dorm, we don't really see as much of it, but when I'm out and about like down towards the serve or in the big common areas, you can definitely tell there is people who still believe in their political rhetoric from the election. It kind of has carried through.
5: His belief is that in the wake of the election, feelings have cooled as a result of re-separation.
6: The, The hype of the election is over. You know, everybody gets excited. You know, it's the billionaire versus the first woman president. Everybody's like, ooh, you know, my side's going to win, my side's going to win. It's a huge clash between the two basic clans. And now that it's kind of over, there's nothing really to fight about anymore. They're kind of like, okay, we can go back to normal life, maybe.
5: In his experience, politics have re-entered the don't talk about it category of conversation.
6: A lot of people that I am around on a day-to-day basis are kind of like, why are you still paying attention to politics? You know, we don't have to worry about that for at least another two years, if not four. Tanner Cook, a junior environmental science major, sees rhetoric as a reaction to the high emotions
5: leading up to the election. Um, I think initially when he took office, the rhetoric and some of the stuff we saw on campus was, you know, it was uh, out there. You know, I I think we're starting to think a little bit more. We're starting to realize that this is actually what we have now and how to cope with it, how to deal with it. Cook has seen a change in tone from those who oppose the administration, especially on social media. I think it took a different turn, though. I don't think it was any louder what they were saying or, you know, how they were saying it, but I think maybe it was a little more vicious afterwards. It was a little more, uh, they were a little more, you know, disappointed, but they uh, showed that in anger. A lot of negative uh, Facebook posts, and I heard a lot of negative stuff from uh, professors, even students. Rachel Harrington, a senior social work major at BBU, saw more issues unfold in the wake of President Trump's inauguration.
1: I saw friendships break over. Um, him taking presidency, and I saw a lot of people um, arguing, and um, especially on social media, a lot of fights going on there, but since he's taking the presidency, I I believe people have kind of calmed down, because I feel like most students don't stay up with the policies, and um, they're not really checking in on what he's actually doing in presidency, so I think that people have calmed down, because it's not something they're thinking about.
5: She saw the inauguration of Trump as a metaphorical end to the fighting.
1: I think that him being president was more of a symbol symbolism that a lot of people took harshly and I mean they have a reason to take it in that way.
5: Swasti Bhattacharya, a BBU philosophy and religion professor, has seen political discussion take an interesting turn in the wake of the election.
7: When it gets personal, it's hard, right? And like we say in here, not all opinions are equal, and sometimes we're calling something an opinion that isn't an opinion.
5: Swasey sees the genius in President Trump's rhetoric, and also the way it has impacted people since the election.
7: Rhetoric is about getting people, you know, to think what you're thinking, right? So you say something really general, "Make America Great Again." Well, what does that mean? Well, he doesn't define it. But what happens is you say, yeah, let's make America great again. That rhetorical strategy gets you to fill in what that is. And so people are saying the same words, but it's meaning all these different things. And that's the, the, the genius of that strategy.
5: She has found herself in a number of argumentative situations with students that seem to come from people's inability to open themselves up.
7: I mean, I had a student once I said, it seems like you're getting really mad at me. I said, I'm not trying to attack you, but I'm trying to have you think about what you're saying and the nuances and the implications of that. And then slowly it was like, oh, you know, once they let their guard down and and weren't like Swasti's attacking me, it seemed like they were like, oh, well, maybe, maybe there's something here.
5: In this rhetoric-filled climate, she has a few check marks she thinks will lead to productive political conversation.
7: The importance is paying attention to nuance, to being willing to A, do the work to make a carefully thought-out argument, to back your arguments up. That's something we don't have people doing sometimes. And then to really listen and listen for what's being said, not just the words.
5: At Buena Vista University and around the world, the way and extent to which we discuss the things that happen around us will go a long way in the way rhetoric impacts our lives. This is something everyone, including our political figures, need to ruminate on. The vast amounts of power our words and actions hold. Thanks to contributors Susie Hawke, Kyle Weavers, Tiffany Brockman, and Corey McConaughey. This is Chase Harrison reporting for KVBU The Edge 97.5 for the Iowa Watch Connection.
0: When we return, the view from a Radio Hall of Fame talk show host on the mood of campus and the country where speech is concerned. That's next, as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. Jim Bohannon has hosted a nationally syndicated late-night talk show since 1993 and has been a guest on this program before. He was in Iowa this past April to speak to members of the Iowa Broadcast News Association. We spoke at that time about the climate for conversation and discourse in America today.
8: There is certainly about the east and west coast uh, the element of the trendy, the element of the beautiful people, uh, publications, uh, uh, networks and the like originate there. And so there's an automatic viewpoint, I think, uh, among many of us, regardless of where you're from, that if you are not from the coast, then you ought to act like it and think like it, because otherwise you'll be looked down upon by the beautiful people. Having said that, I think that the Midwestern common sense point of view actually has a lot more presence than you might think. The problem is that reality intrudes rapidly. Keep in mind that that hardly anybody goes to Washington to make a buck. Some of them manage to wind up making a few bucks, but they go there, they want to bring about change. Now, granted, we have different ideas of what is worthwhile change, but that's what mostly sends people there. And uh, after a while, reality sets in. You discover that in order to be reelected, You must raise money. And there are people out there who are quite prepared to help you get reelected, but they will ask maybe a special favor. It isn't even uh, expressed, but it's very strongly implied. Uh, Here's the quid. Now the pro quo, well, we can talk about that at some other time. And and you start saying to yourself, well, I don't really agree that that widgets should get a a 100% federal subsidy, but unless unless I go along with this, the widget people won't chip in money, and I won't be able to do all of these other things that I want to do. Uh, And so you run across uh, that kind of situation developing. I'll tell you the point at which people cross over to the dark side inside the Beltway. When you haven't been there very long and you've promised your constituents you would do some things, and, and you've been there now three terms and you're just beginning to get a little bit of seniority, you realize that it's very important that you get that seniority so I can finally accomplish those promises. Here's the dark side. When you begin to equate your reelection with the good of the Republic, then you, my friends, have crossed over to the dark side. And that's where Midwestern common sense takes a tumble.
0: I have often said that the number one goal of a politician, for whatever reason, is to get elected. The number two goal is to get reelected, and then you might have some conflicts
8: with the public good. You do. Uh, again, some people get to rationalize this pretty well. Uh, politicians like the rest of us bring a, a, a varying mix of, uh, of uh, ethical compasses, moral compasses to, to what they do, but in, in many cases, it's a, it's a genuine... Uh, conundrum for people I really do want to accomplish good but I have discovered and very few politicians will ever tell you all of this because it would be very impolitic to do so in order to accomplish good on all these other issues I want to do sometimes it is necessary for me to cave on these few special interests so that I can get the money to get reelected to do those other good things. Uh, Is that rationalizing? to an extent, but it's also a reflection of reality. I mean, uh, if you really are that much of a a crusader and that much of a zealot and that much of a true believer, then maybe private life awaits you and you can accomplish nothing other than having a mouth. It
0: appears that tolerance is in short supply on college campuses, uh, but not just on college campuses. Uh, It's a level of uh, intolerance that I'm not sure we have seen given all of the media platforms. In other words, it may well be worse now because there are so many different platforms and so you have more opportunities, perhaps for censorship or for withholding. Your thoughts on college campuses and free speech or some of the
8: lack of tolerance elsewhere in society? It is certainly uh, tragic that, uh, of all places, higher education, universities, should be uh, not the the center of free expression and the the, uh, grappling of of, uh, conflicting ideas, but it should be the very center of efforts to suppress that. And I hope that that tendency goes away. It's real. However, it's very ironic. You are talking here about the imposition of gatekeepers at the beginning of the era of no more gatekeepers. How, in fact, do you suppress discussion of ideas in the Internet age, in the social media age? So uh, I think it's a lost cause for a lot of of these people, and and I, I certainly hope so, because I believe in the First Amendment. With all of the forms of information available, the outlets,
0: what is a consumer to do in separating real news from fake news,
8: separating the wheat from the chaff? Critical thinking skills, they are just vital. Once upon a time, yeah, back in my day, you uh, you could tell who the crazy people were. They were the big mouth weirdos with the long hair and the beards that stood up on the street corner in the park and, uh, and ranted. Well, not so much anymore. Uh, I've actually looked this up. You can find almost any organization you want. The Ku Klux Klan, of which there are several, by the way, They have very beautiful websites. If you go to, say, a website and you judge by its presentation, by its production values, then you're going to get snookered every time. The only way to navigate this era is with critical thinking skills to see beyond the facade. Jim Bohannon, member of the National
0: Radio Hall of Fame. His nationally syndicated late-night radio program is heard on 500 stations across America, including Iowa Watch Connection affiliates KXEL, KASI, and KMA. And that brings us to the end of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. Click on the Iowa Watch Connection tab at the top of the page to listen to all or part of this program again for a list of stations that carry the program, and more, iowawatch.org. Follow us on Twitter at IowaWatch, and be sure to use the hashtag IAWatchConnection when commenting about the program. We're on Facebook, too, facebook.com slash iowawatch. And you can let us know your thoughts about this program or suggest ideas for future programs by email. The address is radio at iowawatch.org. The program is produced in the studios of KXCL Radio, Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Cedar Rapids. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch
3: Connection again
0: next week.
3: The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.